Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Of course, the last trading day of the month of July. It's so hard to believe that August kicks off tomorrow. And unfortunately, we're not going to leave the month of July with a pretty picture. A lot of red on the screen, especially as we take a look at the grain side of the complex. And even on the livestock side, live cattle saw their negative numbers while it was mixing for both the uh, feeder cattle and the lean hog contracts. Let's take a look at what's been going on in these markets today. We're going to talk with PJ Conrad. PJ, of course, is with Tradeoff. So kind of kicking it all off. A Monday, lower grains, but you kind of made a comment that, you know, it's that time of year. We should be kind of expecting these ebb and flows we've seen. Yeah, not that you ever want them to come, but uh, this time of year, usually it's hard to get a rally. Uh, and I'll touch more on that later, but also you just look at, we've had a decent, we had a decent run up um, over about 10, 15 trading sessions. And now we're on our way back down. So it's more about where we find support from here as a back $5 you know, 490 type level. And then just like I said, the market's ebb and flow. I mean, we're going to have eventually, you know, right now we're uh, ebbing lower and we'll flow back higher. The question is when we flow higher, are we flowing back to a 530 level or is another run at 550, 560, or where does it actually shake out at? And I think that's the hard part. I mean, being patient would seem to make sense today. You have last day of the month, you have funds probably, you know, it sounds like they've hit the sidelines and, uh, Getting out what they have to. There's, it's just been quiet on the war front too. So you talk fundamental things. Weather's really turned. You know, going from 115 degree what heat indexes last week to, you know, some pretty favorable weather really for the most part. Caught some rains at least in eastern Nebraska this morning. Sounds like most of Nebraska did. And then you just look the weather uh, temperature wise. Isn't anything massively threatening? You know, about normal type temps. So there's definitely the risk premium that's going to get sucked back out of the market that we had put in, you know, 10 days ago. And so that's just the way the markets move. And uh, like it or not, that's what we're staring down as we go into the 1st of August here. So you talked about the the hard to get the rally. Kind of talk about what you're, what you're seeing right now for these grains. Um, yeah, I think if you look back what over the last 17, 18 years, we've only really had four years that we have seen a, uh, August rally. Usually it's a very choppy trade from the July 31st close to the August 31st close. Very choppy trade. Uh, usually not a whole lot going on. Now, four years have been outliers and have given us, say, big rallies off those or in the month of August. Uh, in all those years that we had the big rallies during the month of August, it's because of a yield reduction from, say, the July to the ending number that we came up with uh, in January. And so now that we can sit here and project what the ending yield number is going to be, but I do think the common uh, theme, as you talk to most farmers, is you know there's no way a 177.5, which would be you know, current, current yield from last report and would be a record yield. Um, there's no way we have that. There's no way that can be there. So if that is, if that does ring true and everyone, you know, the dry start to the year and the lack of subsoil moisture and that does all take yield off there could be reason to believe that we start to realize more of that in august just because you get a better feel of what the crop is actually going to be pre-harvest and so that could be a number as we come in well i think it's august 12th maybe and don't quote me on the date we'll have another usda report maybe they adjust a little bit lower and then you get some of the unknowns of how small or you know how much could they take off this crop and so I think that's something if you want to try to play your bullish card or, you know, look for a bullish reason today, 
it would seem hard for the start of the year we had and the lack of subsoil moisture to say we're going to hit a record yield nationally. Um, crazier things have happened, but that's really not anything that's out of our everyone's control. So you got to play the markets the way they are, but know that there probably is the in the years we've seen a big yield to, a reduction from July to final. The month of August has shown that to the tune of the markets rally, and I think because you start realizing, you start knowing more what's out there in the month of August. You know, the fact, PJ, that this weather has been, I mean, we always deal with some dry weather throughout the growing season somewhere in the U.S., but this year this drought has been more extended. Uh, when Mother Nature does hit us with rain, um, it comes with some negativity with it as well. So that's kind of had an interesting impact on this growing season in both the east and the and the west corn belt. It really has. I mean, not only, like you said, when the rain has come, it's been with a lot of times accompanied with some pretty heavy winds at some point, uh, maybe some hail here or there as well. So there's definitely been some horrible spots throughout the state of Nebraska and really throughout the whole Corn Belt that that's happened. Um, when you talk drought, I think the biggest deal, say, this year compared to other years is just the lack of subsoil moisture. I mean, usually we have when we have droughts, they're more flash droughts, right? We get the hot weather We've went two weeks without rain. we got another two weeks ahead with hot weather and no rain. And there's at least some sort of subsoil moisture there for it to go after. This year, there just wasn't. So you wonder how much that stunted the crop or, or took top-end yield off at least. We did get those rains, but they were later in the growing season, right? Or later, yeah, later in June, early July, where we finally got some good rains to come through. And now we've had a pretty good run in July in the beginning of, well, I guess it's July 31st still, so I can't say the beginning of August, but at least in eastern Nebraska over the weekend we caught rains, and <clears throat> some of that was sideways, but it still made its way somewhere. So we'll take anything we can get right now. So I do think that's, to me, that's a driving factor, but I'm not an agronomist and I'm not the USDA to try to make that decision. What I will tell you is, you know, price aside, we're, like I said, going to have ebbs and flows. But if you're definitely in the belief that, say, maybe parts of the Western Corn Belt, uh, you know, they caught some good rains way western Nebraska. But just say different pockets have had bad hail or different pockets that have been more dry than others. Basis is going to tell a lot of the story, I feel like, this year of where it was extremely short cropped and where it wasn't. And you're still going to have the futures market to have to react to whatever the total carryout number is. But that's such a moving target that trade is going to debate from now until the combines roll and even after that it doesn't seem like we ever have a great handle on it definitely so we'll stick around folks more is coming up just around the corner it's the monday version of the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network here's an update on what's going on at fontanelle hybrids we're combining with the channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced channel seed brand And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with PJ Conrad. Of course, PJ's with Trade Us. We've kind of been talking about, obviously, the weather has had a big focus on what we've seen in this market trade. But finally, we get some news of some weekly exports and then some calling them, you know, better than what we've seen in recent weeks. Uh, most definitely. I think they're finally catching some steam, I guess, forward. You know, typically a good time of year for some of our exports to kind of 
especially bean-wise, get a little bit more excited as we come down, uh, stand down harvest in the next 60 days. I mean, honestly, at this point, we'll take any demand we can get, especially in the export markets. You know, we're we're clipping along to at least meet pace in the 2022-2023 marketing year, and then we'll start setting our eyes on what that 23-24 could be. I guess as we talk about that, the one good thing, at least from what I've read, is they, you know, there's a lot of thought that maybe even if we keep dropping yield, uh, they'll drop the demand as well, some of the export stuff, because our exports for new crop have been a little bit more um, lagging from what maybe would you would like to see this time of year. But um, they think with everything going on, Ukraine and Russia, they'll probably leave those flat because it could be a bigger number, and sure, it could be a lower number, but... You know, today it's hard to tell what's going to come out of that. And I think you start talking war, not to divert the subject, but you definitely start talking war of what could happen over there. Um, you can't position yourself for that. That's just such a you know black swan event that could or could not happen. But it's been quiet for the last five or six days. Um, if there were to be some big bombs being dropped somewhere, I think the attacks on the Kremlin are definitely... Uh, concerning to the tune of what they could do in repercussions at some point. But all that is, uh, out of, again, out of our control, not something you want to plan on because you're just, you're planning on a war, you know, not a world war, hopefully, but you're planning on a lot of bad things happening to get your rally in the market. So it's more trying to take advantage of, you know, whatever opportunities might arise here as we uh, work through the month of August and September. Well, you know, we are a couple weeks away from the, the Pro Farmer Crop Tour, and that seems to be one that catches social media by storm and maybe a little bit as well out of Chicago. Yeah, that's always a fun one, right? I mean, I feel like uh, their yield usually doesn't come in too dramatically different than what the August forecast does for the USDA, but I think you get a handle, uh, maybe a little bit better handle. It's one of the biggest boots on the ground crop surveys you're in our, you know, crop tours you're going to have. And so it definitely will open some eyes, I think, to different areas that are maybe very, very good and different areas that are also in a very poor spot. And so that's it. market will take that into account. Maybe that's what catches some of that back in August type rally as we go into the first of September as they find out some of the you know better spots. Obviously, the highlight this year is going to be Illinois and eastern Iowa. Uh, I think you know Nebraska pretty fair year in and year out i mean there's always areas that you wish were better i think south dakota for the most part sitting on a very good crop uh western iowa by and large good crop but how much was that illinois crop hurt and for the prolonged heat and drought that they had and what's that actually going to make for for um, yield and also eastern iowa being the same boat i get excited for it you know it's a lot of uh hoopla and banter about it online but if nothing else, it makes for an exciting week and you get a good handle or at least an idea of what's out there for uh, crop size. Switch gears over to the livestock. What seems to be the driving factor for a Monday doldrum in, in what we saw in this livestock market? A pretty quiet trade, really. I mean, fats are just sitting there, you know, either side of unchanged. It looked like from a technical aspect, we probably are working at a point of weakness. You know, we really were off, what, five, four or five bucks off our highs from about 10, 15 days ago. Um, maybe we're finding some choppy bottom here and, and see if we can't rally off that as maybe this thing turns back into more of a point of strength. Uh, 178.30, uh, and we're trading at 178.20 right now. I mean, right, 
and that range with the close. So this looks like maybe we can get a pop above that, get a close above the 10-day or 20-day moving average, excuse me, and keep things moving forward. I think you look over at feeders and, and think the same thing. I mean, just quiet trade, but by and large, you, know, you look, we, when, I, when we trade off, talk point of weakness, point of strength, you know, you, those are usually two-week to month-long cycles. And the resilient thing about this feeder market is it's at a point of weakness, but we're within about, you know, I guess $2, about $6 of the high, but really of the, you know, trailing what I call the 10-day moving average, we're right on it. And so to me, it's like, you know, this feeder market especially seems very relentless. Fats feel re- relentless as well. And as we move forward, I mean, that's going to be the key thing is how long can they stay at these type of prices? I do think you get the feed or the feedlot guy a little more concerned just because he's buying high-priced fats. And what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7529 or reach out to us on any social media platform at Tradeoffs LLC. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell can be found as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.